Welcome to the teaching ministry of Steve Franklin. Steve's calling is to coach champions in the kingdom of God. Our prayer for you as you listen to this word of encouragement and instruction is that you'll be built up in your faith and encouraged to take the next step in your development as one of God's true champions. Here's Steve. First Corinthians 13 is where I want you to be today. I want to know, God, do I really have the genuine thing? Do I really know your love? Is it real? The more I get down the road in my journey with the Lord, the more I cry out for greater revelation of love and wisdom. But today we're going to look at a familiar passage that for some reason we have not really even touched the depths of it. But today I begin a series on how to know if your love is genuine. The Lord has spelled it out for us here. Before I uh, get there, you know, there's something I want to say. Um, Stand up, uh, Mike. You know, Mike is uh, one of our elders, and we ordained him recognizing a call that he had many years ago. Mike directs the uh, acrostic is SWAT, Spiritual Warfare for America team. What a great time for there to be spiritual warfare for our country. But I also have had something that is uh, burdened my heart for a long time. It's, it's really stung and hurt me. That is that the evil one through the, this world has spread so many lies about the integrity of the Word of God. It is just prolific what is being spread to cause believers to question and doubt and to lose confidence in the integrity of the Word of God. Mike Tribble has studied Christian apologetics it has been something that he has enjoyed and sought and studied many years ago. So here's what I want to tell you. If um, you are struggling with some of those matters about the integrity of the Word of God and of the faith, Mike Tribble, I trust him. He has studied. He knows a whole lot more. About, I don't have time to do all that. Taking care of sheep is a full-time deal. But I trust this man right here, and I believe that he could give you some answers and direct you to some places. Should you get in that place, uh, or somebody close to you gets in that place, I believe Mike is somebody that can help you find a way. Mike, thank you. I trust you, and I... He and Pat have been longtime members of our ministry and church. Praise the Lord for them. Next Sunday, we're going to be a, have a real treat. I've been wanting, and uh, Dina has been encouraging me for some time uh, to turn uh, Brother Joe here loose. 
you've got a thimble full, but we're going to get a glass full next Sunday, and I'm looking forward to that. 1 Corinthians 13 is where we are. We're talking about the love of God. What does the love of God look like? What does the love of God look like? The love of God, folks, you hear me say this all the time, is the most powerful force in the world. There is nothing that the revealed love of God can't repair, mend, heal, restore. The love of God is the mightiest force in the world. Would to God that we as his sons and daughters would get greater revelation of it. You see, right there in the garden, the whole key to the brokenness of Adam and Eve was a failure to believe the love of God. Did you know that? God had blessed them. He gave them everything they needed to succeed. He looked them right in the eyes and and blessed them with the words of his own mouth. And he said, you know, take dominion, be fruitful, multiply. It's all yours. But the devil sowed a lie that maybe God didn't want the best for them. Maybe he was withholding something and they chose to believe that lie. And we have been paying the price of that forever and it was a disconnect. A failure to believe the word of God and a disconnect from the love of God and how he really feels about us. I dare say that every one of us have brokenness because of our own flesh, but there is nothing that the deep love of God can't fix. If we could just get a revelation of it. 1 John 4, 16 says, God is love. What does that mean? God is motivated by, characterized by that, that word is agape, unconditional, unrelenting love. Do you know that the Lord is just as in love with you today as he was yesterday and the day before? And he saw you before you were ever born and loved you, Amen. wanted you in his family, Amen. called you out Amen. to be a part of that family. Amen. But pastor, you don't know some of the things I've done. Do you know that God loved you just as much when you sinned as when you were acting righteous? His love for you is unconditional. You cannot ever get too far from the love of God that you can't get back. It is an incredible, ongoing call of unconditional, unrelenting love. And in fact, that word says that if we'll receive the love of God, the love, there is no fear in that love. Perfect love casts out fear. If you are fearful of the Lord, it's because the devil has deceived you into believing lies. Your God loves you and gave himself for you. Do you know how much something's worth? What's the value of something? Here's the answer. Whatever somebody's willing to pay for it. Do you know that your Father in heaven saw you and loved you and was willing to pay with the life of his own son for you? to draw you into fellowship with him. That's how much you're valued. God, give us revelation. 
Romans 5, 5 says that that very love has, for a believer has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. Somewhere deep on the inside of us, there is a witness of the Holy Spirit witnessing to the love of God. Would to God that we would rule out all the nonsense that is going on in the world and get hold of the love of God and listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit who has poured out the love of God in us. The love of God is not about appearances. It's not about if you do this, then I will do that. The love of God is a, it's done. I am revealing it. I am not going to change my mind. It is not, the, the real love of God is not about having some stuff in common. It's, it's not about having common interests, common journeys. The love of God is a whole lot deeper than casual, having things in common. The love of God is about a covenant. It is not about how things look, how things feel. It's about nakedness. It's about a covenant. It's about transparency. It's about that unconditional love, not just some giddy feeling. It is about being willing to devote your life to somebody or something. Your life. It has to do with being open and vulnerable and, and still being accepted and loved and wanted. That's the love of God. That is the love of God. It's not some, it, it, it's not originated in the mind and the emotions. It's, it comes from the Spirit. And it is deep and unconditional. And believe me, whenever there's transparency, there's tests. If you say you really have fallen in love with somebody and you've never gone through a test, you don't know whether you are or not. Real love goes through tests. We'll get there. Let's take a look here in chapter 13. Paul has just talked about the wonderful gifts of the Holy Spirit. Manifestation gifts of the Spirit of God. They are all coming out of the, the very heart of God for his children. In, in chapter 13, he begins to say, I, If I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but I do not have love, I have become a sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. I can have these, these gifts that, that are, 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 are actually even heavenly language. I can have them, but if I don't have love, it's just an annoying clanging symbol. And though I have the gift of prophecy, and by the way, if you look at chapter 14 and verse 1, you'll find out that the Lord tells us to desire spiritual gifts, especially that we may prophesy, that is, that we may be able to hear the voice of the Lord through the Holy Spirit, and that we might be able to speak the voice of the Lord that brings comfort and encouragement to the people of God. Not about foretelling the future. Though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith, I may have the great gift of faith so that I could even remove mountains. If I don't have love, I have nothing. 
Are you seeing something here? Though I I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, I might be generous to the very point of my own neglect. I can give everything I've got. Though I give my body to be burned, I am not going to relent. But if I do it out of a selfish motive, I don't have love, it profits me nothing. We can have all these gifts, we can do all these things, but if our motive is not a connection to the love of God, there's nothing to it. Now we get to God's description of that kind of love. Love suffers long. I know some of your translation says love is patient, and it is. That's part of it. But I looked up the original language here, and I found out that in the Greek that it carries an idea of not only patience and perseverance, it carries an idea of some suffering. Why should that surprise anybody? You love your children, and as they, as they grow older and as they make their own choices that may not line up with what you, you instructed them as little ones, it's going to hurt. If you have the love of God, you're going to hurt. Pastor, I wish I hadn't come to this service. It's the truth. If you are in covenant with somebody, if you love them enough to see them suffering, you suffer, you may be on to the love of God. What do most of us do when something starts hurting? Get away from it. Fix it. Right? Three of us know I'm telling the truth. Real love suffers long. Have you ever stopped and thought about how long that we hurt the heart of God before we yielded to His love and accepted Him as our Lord? You ever thought about how many times in our own choices that we've put other things above the love of God. Love suffers long. It's not merely an emotion. It's an all-out commitment. It's painful. It hurts. Why? Because there's disappointment involved in real love. Sometimes there's rejection. We feel like we're not totally accepted the way we would like to. There's, there's, I mean, right when you wish you could just be in some kind of giddy enjoyment, the Spirit of God brings to your mind how somebody you love is struggling, and it hurts. It wouldn't hurt if you didn't love. But I want to tell you, if we miss love, we miss the reason we are created. If we miss the love of God, we'll miss the whole reason we're here. 
The good thing about the kind of love that hurts is it is redemptive in nature and not punitive. Punitive means that kind of, that's not real love. That is a desire to control and manipulate so you can get your own way. Or so something that is causing you discomfort can, can be fixed. Redemptive love is when you love enough to speak with gentleness and self-control and respect when you'd really like to just blow somebody away. Y'all understand that kind of talk? Redemptive love is that which values and goes to the Lord and wrestles and cries out even when you don't see the results that you're seeking it hurts. Agape, real love, involves pain. Again, if you say, I'm not going to sign up for that, if, you, if that's you, you're going to miss the very reason you're created and the greatest value in all the world because there's nothing more valuable than the love of God, that unconditional, unrelenting love of God. Love suffers long. It is patient, yes. You know, one of my struggles is uh, in the natural is uh, patience. Do you know the other day, uh, Dean and I went to the dentist, and for years we've been able to go at the same time and uh, have the procedures done at the same time. Well, it was a little weird because, and this was just several days ago, um, the dental office uh, uh, person called Dina back, and uh, I said, well, good. Uh, The other one will call me back quite soon. Well, my clock kept ticking, and I was the only one sitting in there. Y'all know where I'm going. How many of you uh, know where I'm going? Uh, 15 minutes passed, 20 minutes passed, 30 minutes passed, 40. No word from anybody. I was just alone there, yes. (laughs) So I decided to um, make my appearance at the desk. And uh, I said as graciously and self-controlled as I could muster, I think there must be a mistake. Um, we've always gone in at the same time with different uh, hygienists, and uh, I've, I've just kind of been sitting here for 40 minutes and nobody has said anything. And so uh, she said, oh, well, we only have one uh, person doing that today. I said, well, it sure would have been nice to have known that, and uh, I would have made different arrangements. And she said, well, I said, I'll, I'll just be out in the truck. And uh, when uh, my wife is done, just tell her to come join me. We'll have to uh, make other arrangements. In my mind, that was my language for get another dentist. <clears throat> Uh, 
You still love me, don't you, Jason? I mean, so in just a minute, I get this call from Dina, and she's watching this service. She's just in there trying to help me out with something we're trying to handle. And uh, she said, are you ready? I said, well, I've been ready uh, 50 minutes ago. I don't think so today. She said, well, they're ready for you. I am... Steve, I sucked up all the grace I could get, and I walked back in there, humbling myself before the Lamb. <laughs> well, the worst is not yet. I sat down in the chair, and the, the, the lady said, your wife told me you were real impatient. I know you're hearing this, darling. Thank you so much. <clears throat> you know, I kind of had an idea about that, but I didn't know it was going to be broadcast through the whole county. Uh, but I, I, I think, uh, Dr. Scott, you would, you would be proud. Uh, I said, well... Um, I didn't know what to say, and she said, well, I am too. So anyway, we walked through that deal. But you know, the Lord is uh, showing me a little bit more of how quickly I get irritated on trivial stuff. I can bear with you as life. We got big stuff? I'm with you, man. But this trivial, nitty-gritty stuff, I'm just trying to be transparent to you today. Your pastor's got some struggles. Does anybody feel my pain? Okay, all right. Well, I, good. I feel better already. I've been a I'm asking the Lord to help me with that. But what the Lord is trying to teach me is this. If you really operate in my love, you will see people the way I do. And are you listening to me based on the little story I just gave you about my own failure? The Holy Spirit is also counseling me that if I would really got hold of the love of God, I would see everybody I come in contact with and their, their station in life as just as valuable as I see myself and what I've got called to do. That means that waiter in the restaurant that you wish would get on with it, you've got to see him as just as valuable as you are in the eyes of God and give him as much grace as God's given you. We're talking about nitty-gritty stu nitty stuff here, aren't we? It's the love of God that should be involved in this, in every aspect of our life. Love suffers long, it is patient, and it is Kind. What does that mean? Kindness comes from being considerate. It means to esteem somebody else's value the way you esteem your own. What they're doing, their time, it has to do with esteeming their value. So, because if you see somebody as just as valuable as you are, it's not hard to be kind.
Love does not envy. Oh, man, if we, if we had the security of the love of God, we wouldn't always be wanting what somebody else has that is lacking in us. It is not envious. It is something that is, it, we are able to rejoice with what we do have instead of long for what we don't have. It doesn't look, always looking around at the station or the, the accumulation that other people have and long for that. It, 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 real love enables us to celebrate the gifts and the values that we do have. That's what the love of God does. It's not envious. Notice it says it does not parade itself. What does that mean? Love is not always calling its, uh, the attention to oneself. It is not arrogant. If we humble ourselves, God will exalt us. But if we exalt ourselves, we will be broken. Arrogance is lethal. It, is, it comes from a root of self-sufficiency, which is a lie to begin with. Notice it does not parade itself. What does that mean? I don't have to go around talking about how much I love. I don't have to go around parading that, that you know, I am full of love. You know why? Because if you walk in the love of God, it'll testify of itself. It'll testify of itself. You've been around mature believers long enough to know that you feel the witness of the love of God. They didn't have to tell you. You know why? Because the, the love of God is poured out in your heart, and when you meet somebody that understands the love of God, the Spirit in you bears witness with their spirit. And you know you can trust them because of the love of God. Let's move on. It does not parade itself. It is not puffed up or arrogant. It, it is humble. It does not behave rudely. Love doesn't go around making demands on everybody. It doesn't um, try to show somebody up. It doesn't embellish somebody else's flaws. If we're walking in love, we don't rejoice in somebody else's pain. Okay, let's take a test here. Do you find yourself really inwardly rejoicing when somebody that you don't agree with or care for fails? Uh-oh. Is that rooted in love or not? Do I find myself really liking it when I hear that somebody that I believe, even somebody who's out of line, is paying for it? And Jesus said, blessed are the merciful, but they will obtain mercy. I don't know about you, Joe, but I need mercy. Tom, you need mercy? I do too. Then we need to be merciful. This 
real thing is not provoked. What does that mean? It means that real love, real love is not always irritated and aggravated. It shows grace. It forgives quickly. You're going to have to do a lot of forgiving if you walk in this love. Yeah, you are. And you're either going to have to learn to forgive yourself too. Stop holding yourself hostage. That's a violation of the love of God. Love does not embellish somebody else's flaws. So I have to take that test. Am I quick to always look at what somebody else's flaws are and even rejoice when they fail? Real love seeks the light of the truth. It rejoices in the truth. What did Jesus define the truth as? Father, thy word is truth. God is characterized by, motivated by love. Perfect love casts out fear. Well, this is to be continued. How are we doing so far on this love test? My job is not to try to make you feel good. My job is to pass along the word of truth to you. And I thank you so much for praying for your pastors. We need it. This is a, a time where we definitely need your prayers because of uh, the weight of ministry that is just in this season. We're grateful for that. Let's all stand. Look forward to seeing you next week. Yep, this is a five Sunday month, so we are meeting next week. Hope to see you then. Father, we bless. Bring before your presence these who love you. Give us greater revelation of your love, Lord, that unconditional, unrelenting love that saw us and loved us and never pulled the plug on that love even when we were walking in disobedience. Thank you for that love and grace. We want to know more of it, Lord. So we bless these, your, your wonderful sons and daughters now. In the precious and holy name of Jesus. All the people said, go with God. He's going with you. You can access more of Steve Franklin's teachings online at www.sfmin.com.